Bad shooting, bad defense, probably means the Pelicans are going to lose. Let's talk about the 123-110 loss to the Phoenix Suns. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday midweek episode of the show, second night of a back-to-back for the Pelicans, losing to the Phoenix Suns, 123-110. We're going to talk about it, the good, the bad, and can Brandon Ingram get a freaking call like please he actually is frustrated with it. we'll talk about it in the third segment today's episode of lockdown pelicans brought to you by true bill true bill is the new app that can save you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't need or want and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep and thank you for making lockdown pelicans your first listen every single day we're free and available on all platforms five days a week on YouTube as well. No paywall or anything like that. Just talking Pelicans, recapping games, talking about what's next for the team. So subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review with a comment and tell a friend about the show. So today we're talking about the Pelicans' loss to the Phoenix Suns, 123-110. It was close. It was a one-possession game, right? Late in the fourth after a back-to-back Devontae Graham threes. It's really similar to the Jazz game, don't you think, right? This team is undermanned without Zion Williamson, just not as good as the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, you fight hard, you stay in it, but Phoenix is Phoenix and Chris Paul is the point god. And this is a team that was in the NBA Finals last year. They're a very good team. Even down some of the guys that they were out with. They had like no real centers in this one, right? No um, Aiton for them. No um, some of the other guys that they have that are the backups. They're signing guys off the street. They're playing quality, getting quality minutes because of Chris Paul. They really make it work, right? You haven't really heard of Jalen Smith before. You've heard of Bismack Biombo because he's been in the league for about a decade. But he was signed as an injury, is a COVID replacement. And Chris Paul takes this guy and gets him 16 points on a perfect 6-6 six of six shooting. Just kind of pulling the strings. And then New Orleans doesn't really have it offensively, right? They shot 40% from the field, 30% from three, whereas they didn't play good defense and allowed the opponent to shoot well. 54% from the field for Phoenix, 55% from three. There were 17 of 31. You're going to lose when that's the case, you know? And I kind of give you a shrug there because it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, that happens. That's why you lose. You don't make your shots, they make theirs. Sometimes it's as simple as saying it's a make or miss league. But they never quit, right? Like, that's that's the thing we've seen with this team. You've heard me say this almost every single day for the past two weeks. They don't quit. Willie Green has really got this team to buy in to try hard, something we could not say about them under former head coach Stan Van Gundy. Credit to him, credit for the, to the guys who, who really went out there, but... You know, the offense is one thing, right? Like some guys just don't step up. They're not consistent enough. We, we kind of realized there was going to be some three-point shooting struggles at the start of this year for New Orleans. But the defense was rough, right? Particularly kind of staying home on guys and identifying and knowing where shooters were. Cameron Johnson was uh, 5 of 7 in this one. He finished with 18 points. He was a, plus, a ridiculous number, plus 35. Just drilling corner three after corner three. 
McCall Bridges, five of nine from three. 23 points from him. Pelicans could not stay home on these shooters, and it was it's weird. Like I can't really explain why, other than just guys got lost. They struggled with some of the switching and trying to play help defense. We're not all on the same page. And this is something that Willie Green has got to hammer out. This back-to-back games against teams with really good offenses, right? You're, they're going to give up points. You're, they're going to let those teams score. But to do it as like easily as the Phoenix Suns did, particularly from the corners, right? You, you can't allow that happen. Phoenix was 3 of 4 from the left corner. They were 5 of 7 from the right corner. New Orleans shot 5 total corner threes. They made one of them. That's not going to work. You're going to lose that almost every single time if that is the case. So figuring out how to stay home on corner shooters or running them off the line is going to be a big important thing. Part of it is some of your guard rotation is undersized and isn't going to make life difficult for those guys. Look, I like Jose Alvarado. I don't think he can be much worse than a guy like Tomas Sadoransky was, you know, even though his shooting really wasn't there. But he's undersized. Like, even when he tries to contest, he's not actually contesting because of that, right? Same for Devontae Graham. Undersized, and he's not a good defender and gets lost and gives up open threes. They've got to play smarter than that if they want to try and win basketball games during this really tough 10-game stretch, of which they're now 0-3 on, looking at 0-4, with the Golden State Warriors coming to town on Thursday. And I don't know if you've heard, but this dude named Steph Curry is pretty damn good from three. They have other good three-point shooters on that team, too. Uh, You're going to need to find a way to not get burned as badly as you have from there, and that's something that Willie Green's going to need to do a really quick turnaround on. So while this team struggled to contest open three-point shooters and close out on three-point shooters to the Suns, there was one guy who stepped up and hit three-pointers for the New Orleans Pelicans when no one else was really doing that. That was Devontae Graham. Let's talk about him coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you, so don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And you've got a Truebill concierge there who can cancel unwanted subscriptions when you don't want to, and that way you don't need to do it. You know, like Matthew B, a Truebill user who says, quote, in a matter of seconds, I've saved $660 for the year on my direct TV bill. I saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill. Saved $840 a year on my car insurance. So don't fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. The box score isn't going to tell you the whole story. You need the context around it. You also just want to know what the biggest deal with those games was. What is the biggest story about some of the teams that you're not familiar with? What's the biggest story from the Lakers and Kings game? What about the Memphis Grizzlies over the Cleveland Cavaliers? Was that truly a four-point game, or was it not actually that close? Listen to the Locked On Now podcast to get caught up on everything you need around the association. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Again, subscribe to the Locked On Now podcast. 
All right, we're talking about the New Orleans Pelicans loss to the Phoenix Suns, 123-110. A really rough shooting night from the team as a whole. Only one guy made more than one three-pointer in this one. Herb Jones, 1 of 3. Brandon Ingram, 0 for 4. We'll talk about him in a second. Valanciunas, 0 for 2. Josh Hart, 1 of 3. Jackson Hayes, 0 of 1. Jose Alvarado, 0 for 2. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we'll talk more about him too, 1 of 4. Uh, Garrett Temple, 1 of 2. Only one guy made multiple threes in this game, and that was Devontae Graham. And this game would not have been close if it wasn't for him. 28 points on the night, 6 assists, 6 of 12 from 3, 9 of 18 from the field overall. There's a point in the fourth quarter he hits back-to-back threes, second one being a heck of a heat check shot when he had been feeling it, and it went down. And Nikhil, that, that is how you shoot a heat check shot. After you've made a couple, not on your second shot of the game. So Devontae Graham goes out and scores. They needed that because they wouldn't have kept this close without his shooting because offense was hard to come by for the Pelicans in this one. So it was great to see him step up because the Pelicans gave up a potential first-round pick to try and bring him in. But he's an interesting player, right? You know, he's a really interesting player. On the season, he's shooting 36% from three. That's down from the past two years where he shot 37% than 38% last season. He is a career 36% shooter from deep, so he's hitting his numbers. But it feels like that number needs to be higher, doesn't it? He has these games where he explodes and does really well, but then he has other games when he doesn't. Last game, 31%, right? Against the Orlando Magic, where the Pelicans won, he shot 29%. Uh, Sorry, that's from the field, his three-point numbers. um, Sorry, last game, 30%, right? Two games ago against Cleveland, 16%. Against the Portland Trailblazers, where they won by 14, 33%. You know, there's times when he's gone 0 for 5. There's times when he's 2 of 7, 3 of 7. Um, Sorry, 2 of 7 is bad. 3 of 7 is okay. You know, there's moments where he has these point explosions, but it's not consistent enough, it feels like. Against the Utah Jazz, right, that 11-point loss on Monday, do you remember anything he did? When you were watching that game, did you even realize he was out there on the court? Because there are stretches when I don't even think about him, don't even see him, and it doesn't impact the game whatsoever. He's one one skill, three-point shooting. So 36% isn't a terrible number, and it's in line with his career averages, but it feels like it should be higher than that, right? Especially for what the Pelicans gave up to go and get him. But really, they weren't giving that up to get him. They were giving that up to, to have a giant trade exception, which another can of worms, which we'll get to at the trade deadline. So it's a good game for him. Right, But he's bad defensively. He's been bad defensively this year. And there's times when he just doesn't impact the game, it feels like. You know, the assist numbers are nice. He gets those. You know, but he's not a true point guard. And if his three-point shot isn't falling, you know, what's he doing? There is court gravity to him. They do keep a guy on him for the most part because they are worried about him shooting. And he has a deep three in his repertoire at times. You know, not even counting the OKC game. That's an important thing to have, too, because it does genuinely keep teams worried about you pulling up and shooting so they bring defenders further out those are useful things but are they bending that defense completely i'd argue no is it impacting the game that much i'd argue no so it's something kind of i don't know keep an eye on him during the stretch is he going to show up and try and win the team games which he's done twice basically single-handedly with last second shots right give him his credit on that but it feels like he should be a little bit better so hopefully We don't forget about him, that he's not an afterthought in the game coming up Thursday against the Golden State Warriors. I think that's going to be an important thing. 
You know, guys that I, a guy like Jackson Hayes in this one also, I, I'm a little bit disappointed with. This was a game where he had an opportunity to really make a bigger impact with all of the COVID stuff that the Phoenix Suns are dealing with, not having DeAndre Ayton out there, right? Like, that's a big loss for them. He's been really, really good for them. You know, they didn't have Frank Kaminsky, who was out. They didn't have JaVale McGee, who was out, right? They were missing so many big men here. And Jackson Hayes wasn't able to make the biggest impact that you really would have liked to have seen from him in this one. And so it was a little bit disappointing to see that, you know, he finished with a pretty quiet night. He had some moments, right? There were a couple of things he did that were pretty good. But for 12 minutes to only go two of four and grab two rebounds, five total points, like... Eh, you know, Nikhil had a nice dish to him. He scored, got the end one. That was good. But that was really kind of the extent of his highlights. You know, this was the opportunity to go out, take advantage of a depleted front court, and, and do some work. Valanciunas did, 25-16. and 16. He did exactly what you want from him. Jackson Hayes didn't really step up in this one. And Billy didn't play at all. They were trying to get that run for Jackson Hayes to try and get, you know, the victory there and to get him going. And he didn't live up to it. It's a not a setback necessarily, but slightly disappointing from him. Herb, I don't have much to say about, you know, just fine. Like, just solid dude. Caught a body, which was absolutely awesome. Got his block to keep the streak going. Five assists, four rebounds, made a three. Like, I, I don't know. I love Herb. Like, one of my favorite players on the team. One of my favorite player, One of my favorite Pelicans that they've had on the team in a really, really long time. A guy who did struggle, though, was Brandon Ingram, and I want to talk about him coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolution, and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar, and Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill again i've said it before i've had some that are like metallic-y and it's just absolutely awful built bar is delicious the best tasting protein bar out there so if you want to eat healthy and don't want it to be boring built bar is the way to go again you're going to be looking forward to eating one of these things i eat one of these things every single day basically with lunch whether you want one for breakfast you know during lunch before or after a workout Eat the best tasting protein bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so it's not going to feel like you're, you know, sticking to your diet and only eating healthy, lean things. Built Bars are absolutely the way to go. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar or any other protein bar on the market. You're going to like these things. So have a couple of these with you whenever you feel like you're going to end up cheating or eating some candy on that New Year's resolution. Built Bar will keep you going and sticking to that. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. We've almost got the college football national title game coming up on Monday. We've got the pro football playoffs right around the corner. And of course, 
NBA action every single night. So Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Receive that free money. Whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available over at betonline.ag betonline where the game starts all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every single day we're free and available on all platforms five days a week breaking down everything you want to know about this team pretty much the only place doing that and now for your second listen go check out locked on saints get everything you need to know black and gold they got a chance to make it into the playoffs, and I'd be super excited if that happened. And Ross Jackson, the host, is going to break it all down for you. So we're talking about the Pelicans' 123-110 loss to the Phoenix Suns, second night of a back-to-back. We figured this was this was a brutal back-to-back. It's a brutal three-game stretch for New Orleans with the Golden State Warriors coming up on Thursday. They're going to need more from Brandon Ingram if they want to win on Thursday. He's still very clearly hampered by the Achilles soreness. 5 of 18 from the field, 27.8%. 0 for 4 from 3, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, that was good, but 5 turnovers, including some really sloppy ones where he just like lost the ball, went off his knee, went out of bounds as a turnover. He's hampered by this. Injuries, you know, to him, really, really impact him in a way that it doesn't seem to impact some of the other guys. You know, if he's not 100%, he's not himself. And so, you know, you've got to wonder if they shouldn't have him back out there on the court right now. You know, is it worth potentially aggregate? Av- oh boy, can't speak there. A- is it potentially bad idea to make it worse? There we go. His injury, the Achilles soreness. If you know you're going to lose anyway, and he's going to have off nights. If these games are so tough, would it have been just better to shut them down and kind of punt them in a sense? Like maybe, right? And then it's kind of compounded by the fact that look, this dude can't get a call. This is a little weird, right? Because. He clearly gets fouled a lot, and officials do not want to send him to the line, and it's starting to get to him, right? You had Willie Green get the technical in the game against the Utah Jazz when Rudy Gobert might have... That one was close, right? Like, that one was close. You could easily have called that either way, I thought. You know, and there was a situation here where he thought he got fouled. You know, they didn't call it, and then he, he picked up a technical, kind of yelling at the ref and kind of walking into Chris Paul after the turnover from that when he wasn't fouled and it seemed he was really annoyed and then for the next couple of minutes he he went into this weird zone where he played overly aggressive near sloppy right and tried to force things and it's like he was trying to almost make up for it or kind of like prove a point to the refs and it got in his head a little bit and he didn't play nearly kind of the style of play that he normally does and to again look he's human right I get it it's frustrating not getting calls. And part of that's with how the NBA is officiated, right? Like guards get calls that big men won't. And though he plays a lot like a guard as a three-level scorer, he's the size of a big man. So calls that guards would get, he's not going to get, even though he's playing like a guard because of his size. And it's just kind of how it is in the NBA, right? Like if you were going to give big men centers, power forwards, wing players that are tall, some of the foul calls that guards get, they would be living at the line for the way that they play. And, you know, the amount of contact that they're expected to kind of absorb. Brandon Ingram, you know, that contact matters and he should probably go to the line. But because of his height, he doesn't really get those calls. You know, I don't know if that's ever going to change. 
you know, I don't think we're going to get a David Griffin press conference about this like he did around Zion last year because he was just routinely hammered for that. But I like them picking up Tex. I like Willie Green getting one. I like him getting one just to kind of send a point to the refs and having that kind of be out there. I'm sure they don't like the fines for that. I would, would rather have that kind of happen, uh, you know, another way. But it's probably worth it if you can maybe somehow influence the officials just just a little bit. I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it does because he could certainly use some calls against the Golden State Warriors. But like there are definitely foul calls they're not calling that they should be when it comes to Brandon Ingram. So I kind of get why he's frustrating. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. Do you think he should be getting more foul calls or do you think it's kind of right? I get you guys are biased, but try and be as unbiased as possible just a little bit in this one. I think he should be going in the line more. Like I genuinely think that and I don't I wonder if it's just his size why officials don't want to call that I don't know let me know what you think in the comments below so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Pelicans thank you all very much for listening game Thursday against the Golden State Warriors we will maybe talk about it a little bit tomorrow but also the Pelicans getting screwed by the NBA. We'll definitely touch on that in tomorrow's show. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. Get expert analysis and insight into what your picks should be. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.